Hey, just a quick warning that Paul's mic is way louder than mine, so adjust it for his and not mine. It's the opposite than normal. Hello, New Zealand. Welcome. Oh, and the world. Um, Paul's coming. I'm going to call him now. Let's do it. This is a poorly organized podcast, poorly put together podcast. I still haven't called Paul. It's the day of final four. I'm not, I'm not good at improvising live. Live songs are hard. Like Wayne Brady. Wayne, Wayne Brady made it look easy, but it's actually really difficult. This is going to be a power short episode because I'm going away. Paul's in Melbourne. Um, let's see if he's going to come in right now. Wait, I haven't got the right microphone. No, no one cares what your microphone is. Just do it like this. How are you? Now I'm on the right microphone. That sounds worse. You should have stuck with the original thing you were doing. Uh, yeah, I'm good. So wait, you've already started the podcast. I've already started it. It's happening, man. Did you do an intro? Yeah. It was, okay. it was good, man. It's time for the Week in Review. Week in Review. Did you watch um, Duke Clues today? No. Final Four, no, what is it? The Elite Eight has been crazy, man. It's been, um, you know, college basketball does have value. The passion of the fans is great. The excitement of the games and just the fact that with young kids, literally anything can happen. Mm. And it's quite cool that all your bigs, Deep. your Dukes, your North – I mean, I know the schools that are still there are um, – like reasonably established schools, but a lot of them are going to the Final Four for the first time. And your Dukes, your Kansases, your Kentuckys, and your North Carolinas are out of there. Michigan hasn't, get this, hasn't been to the Final, uh, hasn't won in like 19 years or something. And um, uh, Michigan State, that is, the green team that beat uh, Duke. And then the other teams have never won. So there could be a brand new champion, if not yeah. one that hasn't won in 20 years. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, really exciting. You don't know anything about that, or don't know anything? Oh, I don't. I haven't. No, I haven't been paying attention to it. Um, well, Virginia are one seed. Looks like they're still in it. Yeah, they went out in the like real quick. They were like an ups record going out for a one seed um, last time. Last they year, and then this time they're one of the few. Uh, they're the only one seed remaining. I think. Yeah, they are. Um, oh, cool. Auburn is there. Yeah, just because it was Julia Matthews' old school. Yeah. Shout out to Julia Matthews, our friend who went there for running. I think he transferred, though. I don't know if he loved Auburn. It was uh, Charles Barkley's school as what, well. What are your big, what are your big uh, Basel stories this week? Um, not a lot. Can I say this? I, I should have guessed. I should have just started myself. James Harden is melting my mind. Now, I hate James Harden. Anyone who's listened to the podcast will know that I am not a fan. But... Um, it is crazy that he's like averaging, if you take away, in the last like 51 games, he's averaging like 40 points a game. It's insane. Yeah. He's lost his mind. Well, maybe he's found his mind, and that's what's making him so good at basketball. Mm. It would be cool to think that if we are seeing like history, like we're seeing like, you know, like the next legendary scorer, the next, I mean, I know scoring's changed and stuff like that, but like, I mean, you compare him to like, you know, your Kobe Bryant's, your Michael Jordan's. Yeah, surely he's he scores more than Kobe Bryant and Michael he, Jordan. He does, but I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's hard to compare eras. But the point is, like, yeah. he's he's our generation's version of that scorer. 
Um, but it all depends on playoff success. I mean, he must be nervous for like two weeks' time, um, you know, yeah. when shit goes bad. Yeah, but, surely it'll be tougher to do it in the playoffs. Now, the main reason I got you on the pod, obviously, is for a bit of um, an update on everyone's favourite team, who's fighting for the eighth seed. Um, yeah. Should we get right into it? Yeah, okay. This is the best thing on our pod, eh? Yeah. And, uh, man, this team, the heart of this team... Talking about the Orlando Magic. ...is unbelievable. Current um, playoff probabilities report has the Magic in the eighth seed. Are they in the uh, eighth seed, though? What is the no, they're, they're in the ninth. So the current standings are as follows. Uh, the Pacers have probably got the five seed locked up. Then it's the Pistons with 39 wins. The Nets in seventh behind them with 39 wins but one more loss. Then the Heat in the eighth seed with 38 wins, 38 losses. The Magic in the ninth seed with 38 wins, 39 losses. Is it not easy? So those, yeah. Those four teams, it's incredibly close. Battling it out. So basically, the um, there's two, uh, one and a half games between them and the Pistons, and mm. um, and one game between them and the Nets. And uh, I looked at the schedules, and the Magic's is the most favourable. Uh, well, yes. In terms of um, home and away games, Detroit and Brooklyn have four home games each. Miami and Orlando have two. Actually, this might be from the other day. I think there's actually one game of these games has been played. But the Magic have uh, only three games against teams over 500, while the other teams all had four and five games. So, when, so since we last spoke, when the Magic smashed the 76ers, the Magic yes. have gone 2-1, and one, um, including beating that, winning that crucial game to take the 8th seed, uh, seed briefly uh, head-to-head against the Miami Heat. An incredible game. And, and it was it was great to see the Magic come through because it was a close game in the fourth quarter. But what we all want to talk about, really, is when Nikolai Vucevic got dunked on in what is one of the the dunks of the year. Derek Jones Jr.? Look, we don't, we're not interested in talking about that. He drove the lane. Yeah, we're not interested in talking so about that. And I've ne- it's just vicious. There's only one thing that matters, and it's a W or an L. Well, we'll take the W. matters a little bit, especially when you you know, I don't know. It was... I'd say possibly Dunk of the Year nominee if Derek Jones Jr. doesn't already have... What is the Dunk of the Year? Maybe the alley-oop he got early in the season when the throw was bad and he caught it like way back and way up and threw it down. But like, um, this look, one, I'm not interested. Right up there. I'm not interested in talking about Derek Jones. Like, learn, he needs to learn to shoot free throws. Maybe they might have won Ooh, if he could make a free throw. Um or just any sort of shot that's so, not so a dunk. So the Magic won that amazing game, and then they got hammered by the Pistons. Yes, and I have a bone to pick with you, because I woke up, I slept in too late, and I woke up, and the game was about to end. It was nearly over. Yeah. I receive a message from Guy, capital letters, saying, what a game. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, oh man, okay, I'm going to watch this, I'll just, I won't reply to him, I'll just turn off the chat, okay. I'm watching the game, Detroit versus Orlando, and the whole time, okay, Wayne Ellington scores like 20 points in the third quarter, so we go down 20 points, 
And I'm like, this whole time, I'm like, man, this is going to be the incredible comeback. And as the game goes on and on, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I can't, I'm already thinking what I'm going to say on the podcast. I was already thinking, uh, planning what exact words. The game finishes, we just lose by 20 points. Yeah. The message guy was sending me yeah. was about the Miami, it was out of the blue, It was, but he was referencing the Orlando-Miami game yes. from three days earlier. Yeah. Is it my turn to rebut you? Well, I don't know if we have time. Nah, get fucked, all right. We were talking about the Heat Magic game. Three days earlier. Okay. No, but we were, that was what we were having a chat about because I've got to, I've got to text you three days late, all right, because you're so slow and you're so scared of spoilers, all right? You're paranoid, okay? And this is why you're paranoid. If you were a real Magic fan, you'd wake up. The game, by the way, was at um, Friday morning, like 11 a.m. If you can't wake up for that... Are no, I was awake. I watched the first half of the Miami Orlando game, and then I had to go uh, do work on a comedy show, so I had to pause it. I'm talking That's about wh- the Detroit Magic game. You're taking the piss. Like, wake up and watch it. Nah, you're taking. And the also, piss, if you don't know the result of a game, don't check your phone. I, it's on my screen. I haven't muted you because I trusted you. We, we're having a chat about the heat and the magic, and um, you just don't look at your phone. Like this is just basic sports 101 for a guy who's no. paranoid about. Of spoilers. all the times to send what a game, don't do it during the fourth I quarter. Know where the magic of are playing. A... It's unbelievable. Who knows? I don't have the magic wall schedule on my. Okay, but anyway, let's get back to magic mayhem. You're derailing my favorite segment. I'd like to just, man, a huge shout-out to Michael Carter-Williams, uh, ex-Rookie of the Year. We're 6-1 since he joined the team. He, man, so much heart, so much hustle, so many offensive rebounds and blocks. The guy's amazing. Why he wasn't on an NBA roster absolutely bewilders me. Well, I'll tell you why, because he can't play defense, and he can't No, shoot. Michael Carter-Williams is like a he's a oh, defensive sorry. specialist. Oh, okay, okay, he can't. He can't pass or shoot or do he can any, pass. any of the requirements of a basketball No, player. and he's sh- he he's hasn't like shot ben terribly. Simmons without talent. No, he's incredible. But you've got to remember, you got to remember that the Magic have don't have a point guard. They've got DJ Augustine and nothing else. So he is better than no. nothing else. No, no, no. Be- only because of injuries. Oh, who were the, who was who was the point guard? Isaiah Briscoe. No one has heard of that guy. That is so funny. That is the first time I've ever heard of a guy called. Isaiah Briscoe. And even in New Zealand, that's a funny name because Briscoe's is like a, a discount homeware store, which is always having a sale. Um, it's like Target, I guess, is what the American equivalent would be. Well, Michael Carter-Williams, man, that guy's a legend. Speaking of names that aren't going to make it in the in the NBA, Isaiah, good start. Briscoe, nah. Now, Briscoe's a good name on the back of his shirt. Briscoe. Um, you've got moments to go in recording this pod. You've got to go somewhere. Where are you going? Oh, I'd rather not say... Okay. <laughs> How secret is this? How's Melbourne going? Yeah, good, but let's just talk let's talk about the Can you give a basketball. hint of where you're going? Are you going to dinner? Are you going to a uh, uh, a cinema? Are oh, you gonna go see a movie? Oh, I'm yeah. really interested now. Why would you not tell us about what show, movie you're gonna go see? I'm gonna see Jordan Peele's new flick Us. Hey, that's exciting. Why would you not reveal that information? I'd rather not say. Were you trying to speed up the pod because you slowed it down because you were so intriguing for the listeners? Um, other things briefly wanted to touch on. Um, very sad to hear about rape allegations against Krista Porzingis. It's yeah. sad to see the way the NBA, the way Twitter, NBA Twitter and Reddit responds to that. It just seems like there's horrible people out there. 
both ways, but generally people thinking, saying things, he can't have done it because he was injured or something like that. It's, the whole thing's just shocking. I mean, this is why the internet's bad, I guess. Like, knee-jerk reactions to serious subjects, but I hope the... Um, uh, I mean, I know it's very tough in these sort of cases, but I hope the legal process gets followed and that justice is served. It's, but it's a yeah, very sad story for the um, whole NBA community that when stories like this pop up. Um, did you watch Ginobili's retirement? Uh, I saw the odd clip. Fifty-five not... minutes long, and it was all gold. Like, I, go if you've got an right. hour to spare. I watched Chris Bosch's. It is, oh yeah, Chris Bosch. But only because it was during the Magic game. Do you know, he said like, do you mind if I scream one last time? Yeah. The weird thing was, I don't even remember him being famous. screaming. What? Yeah, I I was saying the same thing as you, but louder. Yeah, revisionist. Revisionist history. No, but obviously he did scream when he celebrated, but a lot of NBA players, a lot of wrestlers do that. Yeah. Well, he's trying to make that his... His Ginobili's now. retirement was, I mean, there's a few weirdos in there from back in the day, but just like, if you are a fan of Ginobili, you have to watch all 55 minutes of it. It's uh, yeah. it's beautiful. Uh, the guy has, so, he's a human highlight reel. You forget the, I mean, he had a few shonky years there where, I mean, the Spurs possibly lost because of dumb shit that he did. I mean, then put in the lowlights reel, but he's one of my favorite players of all time. And um, I'd like to shout out the Chris Bosch retirement because it's, Man, that was when the magic turned it around. Like the Heat all had to come out and watch and sit through this long ass ceremony, while we were just in the locker room, Focusing. just plotting and just resting and just was getting it, ready. Was it at halftime or was it um, before that? It was halftime, and and then we came out in the third and like literally changed the game. Oh, so that like literally helped sway it, you reckon? I reckon because we'd played the night before as well, so we were knackered, and halftime went for like forty minutes or something. Um, Another shout-out. Can I shout-out to Patrick Beverly, who at the start of the year said the Clippers were better than the Lakers and the, and the number one team in L.A., and no one believed him, and everyone laughed at him. And it's nice when people like that who say things that are assumed to be mental, and they come out not just on top, but, like, easily on top. There's no debate this year. The Clippers are much better than the Lakers. Even if the injuries hadn't crippled the Lakers, you'd probably still say the Lakers, the Clippers probably the better team. Oh, definitely. I don't want to hear this Lakers injury excuse. Um, percentage odds. Like two guys get injured. We've got to wrap this up because you've got to go see the movie. Percentage odds that the um, – how are you feeling about the Magic making the playoffs? High, low, medium? I feel, man, right now, the way they're playing, I'm 70% confident. Do you think they can beat the Raptors? The Raptors might be – I think they can be- beat the Raptors tomorrow in Toronto. Because that's a big one, right? Like, I know – I, they have the easiest schedule, but like if they lose to Toronto... Tomorrow, well, here's the, the, the issue at the moment is we're winning games, except for that Detroit one. We've won... Uh, well, like... He's gone. Just like that. Um, I don't know where he went. I, I like to think that he just smashed his laptop shut and just ran out the door to go see um, a movie. I can badmouth him now that he's gone behind his back. Um... He's taking the piss, eh? Is anyone else... See, I sometimes feel like I'm insane. Like, I'm here doing the podcast, and it's just two of us. So, if I say he's crazy, it's just my word versus his, and it's like 50-50. But when we start the podcast, and I go, hey, man, welcome to the basketball podcast. Did you watch the massive basketball today, the Elite Eight of the NCAA? And he's like, nah, I didn't see it. And I was like, well, what do you think about Harden doing well? He's like, ah, oh, couldn't say. He's... Ta- he's... I'll tell you what, it's hard to get good basketball podcast talent, especially if you're looking um, predominantly within your own family. Um, 
he's gone now, but I had a contingency plan. I thought I'd read out some emails because we do have a back- backlog, and um, Paul doesn't like them that much, and some of these are addressed to me. So, yeah, let's do some emails. Um, thanks to everyone who sent in. Guyandpaul at gmail.com if you want to email. Thoughts, concerns, sponsorship opportunities. We're already a big fan of hammocks. Shout out to hammocks, major supporter of the show. Um, Hugh Bloomfeld, um, he writes, uh, hi, KD should go to the Kings with Vucevic, brackets, sorry, Paul, want him to stay at the Magic, but he won't. I think he will stay. I, it's depressing to think. I, I think, secretly, I think the Magic, I hope Vucevic moved too, like he's not on their timeline and I don't know, I guess you want Paul's, I wish we should have saved Paul, this email for Paul, who cares? Um, so Katie goes to the Kings to team up with the Vucevic. That'd be a sick team. Fox healed. I like how they put, he put those two names before Katie. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. KD, Bagley, Vucevic, Bogdanovic, Barnes, Corley-Stein, more on the bench. It'd be un- they'd be underdogs, so if KD leads them to a title, then have some respect and be more of a legend. Uh, so I reckon he should give it a crack. Love the pod. Cheers, Hugh. Thanks, Hugh. It's um, quite a thoughtful, like, idea. I am going to come out and say that um, I hope he moves, and I hope it's not to the New York Knicks or some weird super team he forms with Kyrie, like is most rumoured. Or I hope he doesn't go to LA or anything crazy like that, even if it is the Clippers. Um, I hope he moves because I think for his legacy, if he does, yeah, you're right. What you said is like, if he went to a team like the Kings, he would have so much more respect, I think, even if it wouldn't necessarily be the hardest road, because you're right, with with that lineup, they would be okay. It's funny that you want Vucevic. You never have anyone who wants bloody Vucevic. Um, I I personally think he'll stay. Like I really want him to go somewhere weird. Even Brooklyn would get my pass as a weird, just because they've never been good. It would be quite cool to see them. Like, were the New Jersey Nets beforehand, were they ever any good? They had good seasons with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin. And then Dr. J, I don't think they ever won a championship. And just have always, you know, like you could be the greatest net ever in like three years. Darren Williams, those were the glory days. Um, I reckon he'll stay. I reckon Kawhi will stay. This is just my personal opinion based on no analysis whatsoever besides saying you can't jump around that, that teams that much. If you jump teams too many times, especially to another contender or something like that, you'll be known as the worst jersey jumpers in NBA history. And I used to say that about LeBron, and I know eventually someone will be worse than you, but like at least for the next 10 years, the rest of your career, you can't really live it down. So I think the situation is going to be pretty dire for them to move, and they've got to be moving to a more level situation. So if if KD does want to go, you're right. A team like the Kings is like like a weak, unpopular unsuccessful team like the Kings. I mean, sorry, Kings fans. It wasn't supposed to be like a horrible insult, but I mean, like, they're a low-status team. They're not, they're not the New York Knicks or the LA Lakers, um, even though the New York Knicks should be a low-status team. 
And um, I think Kawhi will stay just because like, the Raptors is literally the best place for him. It's his team. And yeah, it's, it's a bad reputation if you leave. Um, thanks for your email, Hugh. Mez um, writes, Hi, do you guys like basketball? Thanks. Thanks for the considered email, um, Mez. I said I read out any email and that counts for this one. Yes, I do enjoy basketball. I also enjoy um, football. I only got to football recently. I grew up watching rugby. But I now think soccer has like better competitions than basketball. But I still think basketball is the best game to play. It's indoors. You can play it when you're old. I'm dreaming of being an old man and just shooting some sweet non-jumping mid-range jumpers. It's going to be great. I love basketball. Greatest sport in the world. Yes. Here's a good one. Uh, Mark Fran- Francis. Uh, hey, Guy and Paul. Uh, this is Mark from um, Kelo... F- not this place again. Kelowana? Kelowna. 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 I think I kind of am closer. I don't know how you put the accent on a native uh, indigenous Canadian name, but... Um, I googled Ki- Kilona is in Okangagang is on Okangagang Lake in the Okangagang Valley in the southern interior of British Columbia, Canada. It serves as the head office of the regional district of Central Okangagang. The, 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 it's the seat of power in the Okangagang district. The name Kalowana, Kalona, Kalona. K-E-L-O-W-N-A. Kelowna derives from an Okangagang language term for grizzly bear. I'm sorry I put you guys through that, eh? Um, a good email, though, from uh, Mark. I'm sorry I can't pronounce the name of the place you're from. I did try and find out, but all I found out was that those fascinating facts. Um, he writes, uh, as a follow-up to his last email, he writes, Whoops, I meant to ask Guy what his favorite stadium is. Finally, someone's asking, basketball, football, or otherwise. I really enjoyed his bit about stadium design. Oh, thank you, an Orlando Magic playoff mode activated episode. This is probably the thing I know most about basketball. Thanks, Mark. Um, I am obsessed with stadiums, and especially NBA stadiums. It's obviously not saying to be hard. I love when people say they're a Harry Potter fan, and they'll be like, I've got all the books and all the movies. It's like, well, you've got seven books and seven movies or whatever. You know, like, it's not that hard a thing to be an expert in. And NBA stadiums are nonetheless, uh, uh, nonetheless, like, there's there's 30 current stadiums and then, like, Key Arena and a few other ones, the Boston, old Boston Garden that you've got to remember, and that's about it. I've been to about eight of them. I've been to two in New York. I've been to OKC, San Antonio, Toronto. Toronto, sorry, I said that weird. Um, Chicago, of United Center, and Golden State, Oracle Arena. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, NBA stadiums, a bit like sneaker design, and maybe it's just because uh, since I've matured or grown older, I've cared about them less. I feel like they're dead. I feel like sneaker design is dead. Like, there's not many cool sneakers that come out now that you can wear as casuals or that people are genuinely hyped for, just like fake hype ones that Nike releases in limited numbers to make idiots salivate over, um, and some rehashed Jordans, which have... Jordans are pretty much cooked now anyway. Uh, I'll still buy some Jordans. If anyone's got some Jordans in size 12, they'll hook us up because I still love Jordans. So I shouldn't have said that. Um, and I shouldn't say I, st- I don't love stadium design anymore. It's just that the new ones are all the same. And Brooklyn would have to be one of my most disappointing stadium experiences because it's such a cool, futuristic stadium with screens everywhere like that. And they seem to design it specifically with basketball in mind, not ice hockey. And I went there. And I, admittedly, I went there a few years ago when Brooklyn wasn't great. 
Um, I think it was... They still had KG and stuff, but it was when KG and stuff were done. Like, just it was probably the year they got he got traded back to Minnesota for one last um, celebratory farewell. And they played against Dirk. It was cool to see Dirk, Dirk there, but the stadium was just... It just lacks heart. And I know they get good atmosphere there, and the playoffs there will be crazy, but that's more of a New York thing. And um, the stadium itself, like, new stadiums just don't... You want to be to a, you want to go to a stadium that has character, and they've renovated all the stadiums now. My I've been to New York, Madison Square Garden, a lot of times for comedy, for basketball, for women's basketball, for everything. And uh, Madison Square Garden just doesn't feel like that magic a place for me. For, for anyone who hasn't been, Madison Square Garden is the weirdest experience because the stadium, while big and like quite obvious, it's near Times Square, and a lot of people just go, "Oh shit, there's Madison Square Garden." It, it pops out at you. It's hidden behind a, a massive building and above a train station, so there's no like big grand exit like a stadium should have. You know how you see people going to um, games at uh, Staples Center and you see them like walking across the road. There's a big Staples Center logo there and stuff like that. Madison Square Garden kind of, it has that a little bit, but it's kind of, you walk through the, a Madison Square Garden building to get there. It's just, the whole set, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's it's quite a weird setup. And now they've renovated the stadium. It's it's nice inside, but it's just like every other stadium pretty much in the NBA. They've got this cool sky bridge running around the um, roof of the stadium, which is really weird. We sit, like, oh, it's, it's the press box, but there's also seats up there. Quite a good place to get cheap seats if you want a weird basketball viewing experience. It's hanging above the upper deck of this massive stadium. So you're literally looking down on this game from above. And if you're like interested in X and, X and, o, X and, X's and O's, you can tell I'm a big fan of them because I can say the word. Um, it's genuinely quite an interesting analytical place to watch basketball. And um, in the cheaper seats, it's always nice because you more likely get like funny heckles and like, you know, I'm walking here New Yorkers who want to go and yell shit at the players. And saying that though, when I went to a Knicks game and I sat in decent seats, the team was so bad, it was kind of like one of those Tim Hardaway Jr. teams before they traded him away. It was just, I wanted to go to Madison Square Garden to see what it was like. So I went to some shit who came in. They're getting hammered by like another terrible team. Like they're getting ha- hammered by, you know, Minnesota when they were bad or something like that. And um, so I started heckling. And it was quite cool. I was, I was just saying like quite light things, like Tim Hardaway Jr. Pull your shit together. Jr. Smith, don't pass Jr. I think it was, I think it was before Jr. got traded to Cleveland. I was like, Jr. Why are you passing? Shoot it! I remember yelling something like that. And what was cool is I just did a few basic heckles, and then um, we're close to the bench. Like I'm like I'm loud. Like I'm pretty sure the players would be able to hear me. The the stadium is so dead when the team's down. And um, it was quite cool because other New Yorkers then got involved and other people started heckling. And um, it was, yeah, friendly, nice, kind of joking heckles like J.R. Smith and stuff like that. It was it was quite a fun experience. So sometimes if you want that real New York heckling experience, my gold tip is to heckle yourself. Um, OKC, terrible arena, like just bland as shit, you know, real basic design, but the atmosphere is pumping. And I think that's the most important thing for an NBA arena is how good is the team. You know, OKC, famous for its great atmosphere because the team is amazing. Uh, sorry, Golden State, because uh, the team is amazing. Same with OKC. They've had, you know, a pumping atmosphere ever since they first held, like, um, their first games there. I think it was when um, New Orleans got flooded and they, the New Orleans Pelicans played there for a bit and then they finally got a proper team um, through do, through stealing it from Seattle. We won't go into that. But the, the fans there do love it. There's not much else to do in OKC. I recommend visiting. Um, the number one thing to do on TripAdvisor is the Bombing Museum which is horrific to say and kind of sad. The museum is amazing, don't get me wrong, but like that's weird to have as your number one 
tourist destination, you know what I'm saying? Um, San Antonio, it's one I'd watched all through childhood. So I was like, that was a cool arena to go to. I did feel like the um, fans were um, incredibly like, I don't know, they're like a bit like LA or New York fans, like quite, they expected a lot from their team, I think because they've seen so many amazing spectacles in their past. Chicago, I didn't go for a basketball game. That's one of my favorite stadiums, United Center, because it's so, so big. Um, and I actually went for an Adele concert. It's embarrassing to say. There's a guy. Nah, it's actually cool. I, I regret saying that. Adele was awesome, and I love. I can not recommend her live in concert. Plus, she's better than Chicago Bulls anyway. Um, but that stadium feels too big. It was like the house that Michael Jordan built, and it's so cool to see the banners up there. They got a Scottie Pippen statue, and of course, the famous Michael Jordan statue. The Scottie Pippen statue is actually more of a bust, which is funny because he's such an ugly dude. Um, they just focus just on his head. But anyway. Um, uh, Chicago Stadium feels a little bit big, especially when the team's bad. You can imagine, because the ticket prices are so high, it's half empty. It's often got a horrible atmosphere. It's a cool-looking stadium, cool design, and it feels kind of luxurious, But because um, it's built with like stone and, as opposed to modern stadiums, which are kind of like cheaper materials, like the new Bucks one. But um, uh, Chicago Stadium uh, felt good. Just the stadiums you've seen when you're a kid... Um, on TV, that's cool to visit those ones that you grew up watching, and that's why my favourite NBA stadium um, is Staples Centre, just because all the big games when I was a kid growing there, Spurs versus Lakers, you know, battling it out, Western Conference. Uh, we actually saw Spurs versus Lakers when we were kids, and it just still holds special memories for me. It's still, like, hasn't been renovated. I don't know what's going on, but they're going to build another stadium, like a new Clippers stadium or something like that. So as a result, Staples Centre, even though it's probably the busiest um, NBA stadium, but indoor stadium in the world. When you consider, I guess Madison Square Garden still claims it, but they've only got one NBA team. The um, the Staples Center. It's crazy when you think about it. Two NBA teams, so you can go to two NBA games in the same day in the same stadium at times, especially on a Sunday when they have like an early game. Like Clippers might play at twelve thirty or something like that. They got two NBA teams, a WNBA team, a um, uh, an ice hockey team. Probably arena football. And then, of course, they're one of the biggest concert venues. You know, they have the Emmys there. They have celebrity... I was going to say Michael Jackson's funeral. And then I remember the recent Michael Jackson documentary. They have big... Every big event is there. Sorry, not the Emmys. The Grammys. Anyway, Staples Center is still my favorite. I think it's because it's frozen in the prime of me watching basketball, which is like 2000 to 2005. It was the mecca of that place. The modern Coliseum. Um... Three stories of corporate boxes all the way around. I actually hired, we went for a work trip there recently, and I was like, shit, it's cheaper than cheap tickets. That was kind of a life hack. I went on StubHub and bought a whole corporate, bo- corporate box. No food or drinks in there. Everyone had to go and get their food and drinks from outside the corporate box. That was kind of humiliating. But um, it was cool. We had a corporate box there. I've sat in every part of that stadium, and um, genuinely quite cool. The only problem is the very cheap seats. You are so far away, it's comedy. And if you're visiting from overseas and you don't have much money... Uh, holy shit, it's like the players are like tiny ants. It's like, if you do have a good seat, walk up there and check out what it's like. It's like frightening how steep the upper decks are and um, how far away the action is. You can barely make out, um, you know, I was going to name a Clippers player and I just realized I could barely name one. You can barely make out um, Patrick Beverly. Um, besides that, I've always dreamed of going to a college game just because of the atmosphere and, of course, the old, as I said, the history is the real cool thing about an, uh, an NBA stadium. And so I'd love to go to, like, you know, um, whatever the Kansas Jayhawks play at, that big, they call it a field house. That's how old it is. Like we're full of a student section where they're getting rowdy and like jumping up and down on wooden bleachers. That would be the coolest. My coolest basketball uh, experience still in live 
Um, I mean, Golden State and OKC were pretty decent, and I've seen some pretty good games in New Zealand. Uh, the New Zealand Breakers, believe it or not, playing New Zealand Finals at the North Shore Events, and they've genuinely been pretty cool. Again, small, old, crappy stadium creates the best atmosphere. But seeing Fenerbahce in um, Turkey, insane. People smoking inside the stadium. I think I've talked about it before. And the, the number of riot police for when the team loses, Fenerbahce lost, and um, everyone started throwing, like, batteries and, like, beers and stuff, just cigarettes, because obviously they smoke in the stadium, what well, they did back when I went. Um, yeah, madness. Like, European sports. Going to an Italian sports game. I should talk about my um, love of um, soccer stadiums as well some other time, if it's any, if it's interest to anyone. I don't know. Maybe I should get Paul here, so someone to tell me, you're boring us or something like that. But I love, um, I went to the Real Madrid Stadium, the Santiago Bernabeu, whatever it's called. Um, I'd love to go to the Camp Nou. But the Bernabeu was genuinely, even though it's like any big sports team like Arsenal, I went to see them and terrible atmosphere just in terms of like high ticket prices leads to bad fans. Um, but yeah, I love, I'm into football stadiums. My favorite stadium design ever, I think, is the Munich um, Olympic Stadium, which is uh, a real old 1972 Olympic Stadium, um, unfortunately overshadowed by the terrorist attacks at the Munich Olympics. Um, but it was just such a beautiful design. The roof is this tent-like a see-through tent structure. If you don't believe me, look up Munich Olympic Stadium. It's a shame no big soccer team plays there. I think Bayern Munich used to play there and they moved to Alliance Arena. Anyway, I love stadiums. More questions about stadiums. Guyimport.gmail.com if anyone else has emails. Um, there's more to come, but um, there's plenty more to come. I'll, uh, I'll stay on the rack and I'll read those next time because this is probably enough solo podcast from me. Uh, and too serious as well. I should get more comedy in there, eh? Um, that's where Paul comes in, just abusing him. Um, guyimport.gmail.com, any emails accepted. Um, thank you so much to everyone who did email in. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks to everyone who listened, and uh, sorry Paul was only there for 15 minutes, but he had a pretty good excuse. He had to go see a movie. See you next time. Thank you very much. Kakite ano. Peace. Did realize that I am the one who presses the sting to play the music. Goodbye.